1: Riyad Mahrez, Khalidou Koulibaly, Akraf Hakimi, Thomas Partey, Sadio Mane, Andre Onana. Some of the biggest names from world soccer are converging on Cameroon for AFCON 2021, which kicks off this Sunday. Today, I'll be looking ahead to the 33rd edition of Africa's premier competition with the help of a very special star-studded panel the meme lord of CBS Sports Golasso, and proud Nigerian Tosin Mckindy, North African football expert Mar Masahi and my man, Michael Lahoud, Austin FC's color commentator who represented Sierra Leone at the competition. The Kegolazo AFCON 2021 preview begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kegolazo. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are on YouTube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We are nearly there to 7,000 subscribers. I'm telling you, I feel like by the time you listen to this or watch this, we will have passed it. So thank you, Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. Right then, the African Cup of Nations. A beautiful, tournament often underrepresented highly anticipated and this is going to be a great preview and we got three great guests to talk about it uh let's begin first of all by saying hello to everybody michael how are you buddy
2: (laughs) uh fine thanks having thanks for having me on luis it's been uh, it's been a long time coming and this is the show to be on
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so happy to welcome you here, my friend. And of course, we have Mayer Masahi. You know what I was saying, Mayer, that at the beginning of the show, before taping, Twitter is a beautiful thing. We were able to connect. And look, here you are. How are you, my man?
3: I'm doing good. I'm I'm quite busy at the moment, planning and prepping to head out to Cameroon. I'll be out there on Monday. So just uh, making sure all the details are in check and really looking forward to this.
1: I love it. I love it. Just a, a proud Algerian, and a, you're, I'm sure you're feeling very confident about the tournament itself as you head off. <laughs> he's nodding
3: his head. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yes, see, there you go. And last, but not least, but I put him last because he came last, but that's fine because he, he was tweeting for CBS Sports Golazo about Aston Villa, the greatest club that's ever lived, so he's forgiven. But Tosin McKinney, how are you, bud?
4: I'm good, man. I'm good. I cannot complain. It's good to be back. Um on here earlier so in the year well last year so
1: good to be I, back i know right it feels like a long time ago but it is good to have you back brother and uh, this everybody is the african cup of nations 2021 and basically this is what it's all about. We're going to give you the lowdown on what the tournament is all about, maybe some favorites, some upsets, some uh some storylines to watch out for and we have none other than a great great cast. As I mentioned, uh, Myers a North African expert, Michael Lahood of course, a- aside from all the work that he has done, he has played in the tournament himself representing uh, Sierra Leone and Tosin McKinney, of course, who's our very own CBS Sports uh, African Cup of Nations expert as well, as well as many other things. So we'll get straight into it. Let's talk about the tournament for a dummy perspective, uh, Meyer. Uh, why, by the way, why is it called Afghan 2021?
3: Yeah, simply because it's been postponed. It's been postponed due to the COVID pandemic. Um, I'll do you one better. So it was postponed a year on kind of like the Olympics. It just retained its original name of 2021 but why is it called the cup of nations and this isn't something that a lot of people know but it's actually due to a faulty translation it was coupe de nation in french and uh, the people over at caf i guess didn't have a lot of english speakers and they just literally translated over to cup of nations and so we have a little bit of a unique name we have the european championships the asian cup and now we have the africa cup of nations so it's going to be a tournament taking place in cameroon from the 9th to the of january to the 6th of february 24 teams. This is the second uh, tournament where we're going to have 24 teams in its expanded format. We have six groups of four, and uh, the top two of each group will qualify to uh, the next round. And also the four best third-place teams will will make it on as well. So you can expect a lot of the heavyweights to to make it into the knockout stages. Um, And yeah, so it's it's a great tournament. Uh, You know, the the cliches are you're going to see colorful fans. You're going to see sometimes poor pitches. You're going to see great goals. You're going to see a lot of intensity. Um, but, yeah, it's a tournament that I've fallen in love with. And, and my personal goal is to hopefully cover, I don't know, 15, 16 of these tournaments by the time my journalism career is over.
1: I love it. I love it. And uh, what a great way to explain it and start things off. And by the way, everybody, obviously, I imagine, Meyer obviously, because uh, a lot of people ask, why, why is it in January? Why is it in June and July? And I guess that, that's really because these people that are asking, I've never been to Africa in June or July, uh, <laughs> right? It's a weather thing.
3: Yeah, by holding it in the wintertime, you know, in January, February, you're really opening up, you know, like we can hold it like in 80, 85% of the countries in Africa. If it was only in the summer, either because of temperature or because of, you know, the the, the climate, it, it's, sometimes it's very wet, these wet seasons. And when it rains in Central Africa, it rains. I've been to Gabon before when it was that rainy season. And I was in an Airbnb that had a normal roof, but it felt like I had a tin roof over That's how loud the the rain was coming down. So like you could talk about flooding and then you talk about the infrastructure. It's not easy to get from city to city. Really holding it in January is the solution for Africans. I understand it's not convenient for a lot of European football clubs or, or, or whatever the case may be, but this is the reason why we hold it in the winter.
1: I love it. What a great way to explain it. Well, let's move on because another part of all of this, by the way, uh, Tozan is how for so long, it's, it's not recent, uh, it's been forever, to be honest with you. There's always been a, a few certainties, right? Death taxes and, and non-Africans disrespecting Afghan, just, you know, asking all these silly questions. Oh my God, my, play, my team, uh, my Premier League team is going to miss this player. My Serie A team is going to miss this player. So, you know, what do you think the, uh, do you think, first of all, that that has gotten worse or has it improved in recent years? I think
4: it's definitely gotten worse. I feel now you realize like some of the best players in the world. I mean, Mohamed Salah is probably the best player in the world, um, and that's just it's what it is. Our African now, like some of the like you look at like for example, Mets. Mets' whole entire team is going to Afcon. Literally, mm-hmm. the whole entire team is gone. So a lot of these clubs now starting to realize like I need these African players and this is not convenient so we're it's getting worse so i think it's just it's kind of sad that like we afcon has been going on longer than euros and it's still disrespected so it's kind of sad
2: yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think the fact that it takes place in January, which is such a pivotal month, especially in the Premier League, which is the greatest league in the world, and until everyone goes back to La Liga, that's not changing. And that's not just because Aston Villa is in the Premier League now, Luis. So <laughs> just wanted to set the record straight. But because it takes place in such a pivotal month in leagues around Europe, and two, because of the coverage and, and the lack thereof, I think you see respect waning. I, I've... I feel like there was more coverage and better coverage of AFCON in years past, and now it's dwindled a bit. So the fact that we're talking about it on this show is something I'm very prideful of and proud of. And Liverpool, one of the best teams in the world, their attack is going to be thwarted significantly. And rather than fans having a lot of pride for these players, their, their national teams, there, there's a lot of What's the word that's not going to get me kicked off air? There's a lot of frustration <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to be missing two of your star players for a team like Liverpool for about a month. And what could derail your Premier League title hopes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's stick to that point, actually, because and I'll come back to you, uh, Tozen and Marv, please feel free to jump in. But regarding the Premier League, you know, Watford have been a very interesting uh, you know, storyline here, uh, apparently, according to, you know, certain comments, bare fangs over Emmanuel Dennis, uh, dragging heels over releasing Ismail Sar to Senegal as well. Is it, do you feel like, wh- I guess my question is when you're an African fan and you're looking at these teams failing or re- uh, not wanting to release certain players, what is the overall consensus especially now during a pandemic especially now economically as maher was saying at the top of the show how financially it's an important tournament it's not just because from an entertainment perspective
4: i mean i go ahead i mean i think for me the biggest thing is it's it's disrespectful i mean i understand like with nigeria's situation emmanuel dennis that was very specific because um kim and Emmanuel dennis and Raw did not get along so when they fight granola it was like a whole different situation but i still feel at the end of the day the Player said he wants to play for the place for his country. Um, and I understand that's what for his best player right now in form, and they want to keep him because they want to stay up. But as you have to respect what you know that he wants to go to play for his country. I mean, Nigeria, I mean, I'm not gonna get into it because we have our own issues with everything else, but Nigeria should have put their foot down like we want our player to play. But again, these are the things that like you deal with with these clubs, and I just think it's funny that Nigeria has trusted Kung there. And they let Truss go, but it didn't let Dennis go. So it's just like, what are we doing here? So, right. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And I think like with the with the Dennis situation, I mean, you, Nigeria gave Watford elect a leg to stand on simply because they submitted that request late. But I know hearing from the grapevine uh, that the sporting director at Watford also put pressure on the two Moroccans, Imran Uza and Adam Messina, uh, to not leave. And basically he told them, if you guys go to this couple of nations, we're going to recruit people, you know, in, in your position and, and basically putting pressure on them that way. They still ended up going because uh, Morocco are super strict about this, especially the coach, uh, Vahid. So so Watford put pressure on four players. They managed to retain Dennis, the, the two Moroccans that I talked about, and then you had uh, Ismail Assar, the Senegalese mm-hmm. forward, who's been injured for a while, and he's expected to recover while this tournament is taking place. And what Senegal basically wanted to do was use him, as, you know, at the beginning of, the, I don't know, the round of 16, the quarterfinals when he's fully recovered, and Watford, pretty much, they're basically saying, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to release him. And thankfully, Senegal were really, really entrenched in their position. They know he's a key player for them, you know, opposite Sadio Mane. And they said, we're going to go in FIFA if you guys don't let him go. And thankfully, they managed to win that case over. And now Ismail Assar has joined the, the Senegalese uh, team. As a former player who's experienced this
2: type of backlash during his career, these are the stories that you don't hear enough or enough of. It's so difficult to be an African player in this situation because, yes, you're grateful to extend your individual career with a Premier League team, especially a team that's struggling this year like Watford is. Watford are so dependent on these two players in particular. I know Sarr has been out, uh, but when he's healthy, he he was a breakout star for them last year in particular. So because of COVID, because of the long travel from Watford's, Watford's perspective, you don't want one of your stars to go to Africa and potentially – get COVID, or potentially get injured worse in a tournament that's very physical. However, this is international football. If it was a European player, you'd let them go. This wouldn't even be a conversation between the club and the player. It's one, It's a prestigious tournament. So I, I think it's disrespectful to the player, to the national team, and to African football. But from a financial standpoint, I can understand the hesitation from the club itself. And looking at Watford's next run of games for the next month and a half, they're playing against some of the big boys, including, no, just kidding, including Manchester United.
3: <laughs>
2: Sorry, I'm not gonna let you off. The hook
1: hey, now, we're Champions know. League winners, uh, Michael. <laughs> uh, true, uh, we'll true, put some respect true. on our name, brother. <laughs>
2: true, true. Well, I'm, I'm getting the dust off. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get the dust off of United as well. Yeah, that, Berger, no, of but course. But to your point, though, I'm Michael,
1: to your point, uh, because you've played in this tournament, you, you yeah. know what it's like. Uh, in fact, uh you, I wish Des Norris, we had an image of this. I wish Twitter was around <laughs> when Michael not Meg Yaya Touré. Now that to me would be surely that's framed in your house, no?
2: Yeah, well, it, it's framed in my mind. <laughs> that that Yaya Colo Colo song. I was hoping they'd oh. put my name in there somewhere. <laughs> I I I think I I had amnesia for a couple seconds afterwards. And I think <laughs> Yaya did too, because <laughs> he looked at me like, who the is this guy?
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the hosts, Mar. Let's talk about Cameroon. Okay. Because obviously, football uh, footballing aside, we, we'll get to in a second. Melissa Reddy had a very good article on The Independent today about saying, yes, obviously Premier League teams should worry about the players that they're missing or whatever, but there is another story that's worth discussing. And it's obviously the fact that, you know, Cameroon is dealing with civil war. It's been going on for a while. Security is an issue. Um, How you are heading over there. What is the sentiment in the continent? Because all of these are comments outside of the country, outside, nobody knows unless you actually experience and know what, so what what is the thinking there and how are Cameroon preparing themselves for this tournament?
3: Yeah, so speaking to Cameroonian journalists and fans and people on the ground, they seem a little bit put off by how much of it has been made, uh, you know, especially in Europe and in the United States, but they're not denying that there is an issue. And this is a decolonization problem. Uh, The problem is Cameroon was kind of, part of the country was colonized by, you know, England, part of it was colonized by France. Before that, it was even Germany. And basically, when Cameroon gained independence... The whole country wasn't independent. There was a there was a part that was independent, another part that wasn't. And they didn't really know how to fix this until 1972, like almost a decade after they initially gained independence, when they have what they call the Day of Unity, when the country sort of game, came together. But since then, there's been perceived discrimination against the Anglophone-speaking uh, community, which are in the southwest and the northwest of Cameroon. Uh, and since, uh, really, since the last three or four years now, pretty much since Cameroon was awarded this tournament to host... Uh, there have been problems. Um, up to 3000 people have been killed in this conflict. Uh, m- much of it, uh, three, four years ago, you know, in 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, but as, as recent as last week, last Wednesday, there was, uh, uh, an incident, uh, uh, an artisanal bomb that went off and three police officers were injured uh, near the town of Limbe, which will be hosting, I believe, group F, the, the group of Tunisia, Mali, uh, Mauritania, etc. So it, it is an issue. Um, However, uh, it, it is an issue. However, uh, it does seem to be slightly exaggerated. And the other problem is, look, it seems like any country that hosts this tournament, there's always going to be small issues. In 2019, it was about, you know, in Egypt, they had terrorism issues in the Sinai region. You had a dictator in power. In 2017, in Gabon, uh, Ali Bongo had just won an election where people had been killed protesting his him going up to president. So, you know... Eventually, you can't find the perfect place to host this tournament, especially not in Africa, where we have a lot of uh, you know, political problems. I think, I think eventually uh, enough money, enough security is going to be put in place to make sure everybody's safe.
1: Well, let's hope so. Let's talk about the football perspective from Cameroon Tosin, because uh, yeah. the, the Lions have won uh, AFCON three times since the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the talent has always been present. But this is their group: uh, Burkina Faso and the great Bertrand Traore, uh, Ethiopia and Cape Verde. Um, who, how, how much of the chances do you give? Cameroon, can they win on home soil again?
4: So I think they can. I mean, they're a very frustrating team. First of all, uh, they robbed Nigeria in two thousand, so I want to get that out the way. <laughs> you guys, rob us in legal, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start there. Say it but that's no. it. But but no, I mean I think Cameroon a very frustrating team to play against. Um, you saw when they beat Ivory Coast one zero. Um, Ivory Coast was trying everything, and Cameroon just like, we're stronger than you, and there's nothing you're gonna do about that. And Ivory Coast is strong themselves. I mean, one of my favorite players that Cameroon has is Angisa. Um, I've watched a lot of Napoli this season. and Angisa is phenomenal. That guy is something. Like he's one of my favorite midfielders in the world. He's just really good. So. They have the talent. It's just can they get it together? I mean, they're a lot better than the World Cup 2014 when they um when they hit. You know, I'm sure everybody remembers uh, Alex Song. So they've come a long way from that. So you know, <laughs> come a long way from that. So and they have a double
3: in the back. Sorry, Tosin. yeah.
4: <laughs> and they also haven't lost a competitive match since 1970. So at home. So I mean, listen. You know, yeah, it,
1: and, the, and the home advantage m- might might be of benefit. Of them, uh, we're gonna take a break, everybody. Before we do that, uh, just some final thoughts on, on basically the the anticipation of Cameroon hosting it. Uh, Michael, as a player, would you uh, would you feel uh, safe uh, going there? Are you? Would you be? You know, because even if you are an African player and you've already played your trade in Europe for a long time, what do you think the mentality is going into this tournament?
2: I think that plays in the back of your mind, the safety issue. There's been a precedent set. Remember Togo, I think it's 2013, where safety became a major issue. We obviously, from a football fan, an African soccer fan perspective, you don't want that to be repeated. However, precedents have been set where things can be put into place, where the player's safety is of paramount importance. And I think the fact that there's a pandemic alongside of this, there's gonna be a lot of security measures put into place so that players are protected.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're gonna take a break when we come back, uh, the AFCON 2021. Preview will continue with this, fine gentlemen, and we'll talk about the favorites, uh, a few other teams, including, of course, Morocco, Egypt, uh, and Tozens, Nigeria, Ghana, and so much more. African Cup of Nations 2021 preview. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances
3: are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent.
1: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: Hey, everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me, its products stand the test of time, just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Get go, Lasso, African Cup of Nations 2021 with this great crew, Michael Lahutos and McKinney, Meyer Mesahi. We are talking African Cup of Nations. Uh, before we get going... Uh, Let me just give you the favorites, okay? According to the bookmakers, obviously take it with a pinch of salt, but this is pretty much it. Senegal, a ridiculous team who have never won it, by the way. Algeria, Egypt, Ivory Coast, Morocco, Nigeria, Cameroon. So let's talk about uh, those top two I just mentioned. Let's begin with you, Meyer. Let's talk about Algeria, your Algeria. I mean, we've been talking about it pre-tape. Obviously, always a favorite. Everybody knows about Riyad Maris, but there is so much more to this team. How much do you fancy this squad as they head into the tournament?
3: I, I do fancy them. <laughs> 33 matches unbeaten. Um, that's, I think, uh, third or fourth place now. The world record is 37 set by Italy after the European Championships uh, last summer. Uh, so they're just four matches away. They can set that record this tournament. And they've beaten some good sides along the way. They've beaten, I'm sorry to but they've beaten Nigeria, they've beaten Senegal, they've beaten uh, Colombia, they've tied Mexico. Uh, so they, they've beaten some very good sides. It's not like they've been fluking it against, you know, third-rate third-rate teams. And it all really starts with the coach. Riyad Myers is a quality player. Ismail Ben Nasser from AC Milan is a quality player. Aysa Mondia, Villarreal, good player. It's the coach, though. The coach mm-hmm. is like, he's perfect. He's like young enough to be relatable to the players. He played for the national team. He was the captain before. He has his diplomas you know he has his UEFA pro license which a lot of coaches don't have in Africa which is mind-blowing to me uh he uh is young enough again to relate to the players but old enough to be seen as an authority figure so for me it also it starts and ends with him he's tactically flexible and I think that's why I think they have a slight advantage over Senegal I think it should be flipped a bit because Algeria beat Senegal twice once in the group stages once in the final in the previous cup of nations and Senegal I don't know what the issue is. They have a mental block when it comes to finals. They've never won a Cup of Nations. And even at the youth level, at the under-20 at the under twenty level, they lost the 2019 under-20 Cup of Nations. They lost the 2017 under-20 Cup of Nations and the 2015 one, three in a row. And then they went to the final in the senior uh, under-2019 Cup of Nations, and they lost that as well. So really in Senegal, everybody's wondering, like, is there a problem? They're talking. They're seriously talking about bringing sports psychologists, about bringing marabouts. Uh, over to, to Cameroon to sort of help their players deal with this mental block of not winning a final. So yeah. I think Algeria has a slight edge. I mean, Senegal's super talented. I mean, you look at their midfield, right? Like they have
4: Idrissa Gay, uh, Saar, who just signed for Tottenham, who's on loan at Mets, um, mm. Papa Gay. I mean, they got so many talented players. I mean, even up front, they got Sadio Mane, the Saar that we mentioned, Keita Baudet, who's finally, like, found himself um, playing for Calgary. Um, even Bamba Dieng, who plays at Marseille, they even got... Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward
1: Mendy, one of the best goalkeepers yeah. out there. Yeah, if
4: not the best goalkeeper. Um, they even got Fotobola Torre, so Koulibaly's there. So they have a super talented squad. It's just, can they get it right together? Can they do everything to the point where, like, they can finally reach a final Me, I love Alou Cisse. I, I love yeah. them as a player. I love them as a coach. I think it's nice when you see an African coach from their country coaching their team, and he has the respect. I mean, it's just, can they finally get it together? That's all it is. And they have Sadio Mane, which is, yeah. you know, the biggest... Part of, the,
1: part of the answer is already <laughs> yeah. there, right.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, we've seen
2: this before, and it's it was in the form of Cote d'Ivoire, their golden generation. When you have players playing at such high levels throughout Europe, the expectation just goes through the roof. And the expectations in Africa, you think playing in Europe brings pressure. In Africa, as you know, Tosin, they will run you off the field and back to your mama's house if you don't win. (laughs) And so there's this added pressure that these San players are feeling, and it messes with you when you get to a final. The expectation of it's not just good enough to get to a final. You have to win it all year in, and you're biannually and biannually. And Cote d'Ivoire, they won the tournament when they, they didn't have their best Individuals, but they had their best team, and it was the other players, the supporting cast members, who who really stood up. And goalkeeping
0: mm-hmm.
2: in the African Cup of nations goalkeeping and the teams that have the best back lines, they tend to give themselves the best chance to win. Cote d'Ivoire, they finally had a back line that could support their star-studded attack,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: then the goalkeeper has to come up with a whirlwind of a game and stand on his head in the latter stages of the tournament. And they they have one of the best goalkeepers. I agree with you, whoever said it. One of the best goalkeepers in the world, if not the best, Edward Mendy, who happens to just play for a team I don't like, Chelsea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a game changer for sure, Edward Mendy. But obviously, to your point, you need a full squad and, like uh, Meyer said, a, a well-managed team. And I was just uh, reminding myself, you mentioned the Algerian manager there, Myra uh, Gemel Belmadi, who played for Southampton. I remember that uh a very gritty kind of player and i'm sure that that's exactly what he's instilling in his algerian squad all right well listen uh the groups were algeria algeria ivory coast equatorial guinea sierra leone there michael lahoud group b senegal malawi guinea and zimbabwe marvelous nakamba in the house all right let's move on here let's talk uh, i'll come back to you here morocco We know Morocco has talent. It's been historically proven. uh, They're in Group C. But, you know, there's always been issues with them. You know, first of all, I I really want to know, are are they a better team than we think? And that, I guess, goes towards the question regarding why uh, Coach Vahid, uh, Halil Hodic, uh, why did you omit Hakim Siak as well? Like, what's going on with Morocco?
3: Okay. So, something you should know about Coach Vahid. He's like a gritty... Uh, Yugoslavian civil war veteran doesn't take no nonsense from anybody he actually once he was protecting his home in Mostar in Bosnia he had a, a Glock strapped to the back of his pants and he went to sit down and he shot himself in the butt and <laughs> no I'm dead serious dead serious this is a true story I, I know him because he coached Algeria in the 2014 World Cup right uh, but metaphorically symbolically you hope he doesn't shoot himself in the butt again by not taking Hakim Ziyech Amin Harit uh, Nusair Mazraoui, the right back at Ajax Amsterdam. Yeah. He left yeah. some of Morocco's most talented players off the list. But he's done this everywhere he's been. In Japan, he left Keisuke Honda off of the, the list for the 2018 World Cup. In Algeria, he came and took off Nadir Belhaj from Portsmouth, Karim Ziani. The, the established players, he took them off because he wants to be pilot, co-pilot, and air control tower manager as well. Vahid wants to be in total control. And as soon as Zia showed him a little bit of attitude, he was just looking for that moment to sort of chop his head off. So he, there's a lot of pressure on him because if Morocco don't come through here, he might be fired before the, two, the the 2022 World Cup playoffs in March. Yeah. However, I do expect them to do well. Morocco only conceded one goal in the last calendar year. Uh, they've been defending as a team. They haven't been scoring too, too many goals, and I think that's really what's going to stop them. But in these knockout tournaments, you don't need to score so many goals. You need to make it to the knockout stages, defend well, and then maybe you know knock one goal in or make it to penalties, where they also have a very, very good goalkeeper, Yassine Bounou, who I think is the only goalkeeper to have more clean sheets than Edouard Mendy. So... Uh, do away, please, with the stereotype that African goalkeepers are poor because we're going to have two of the best in the world at this tournament.
1: One hundred percent preach. Uh, but this group is difficult, Tozan, because I'm looking at the Black Stars here in Ghana, uh, a team that's very competitive. Obviously, we know, again, historically how good they are. One of my favorite uh, midfielders has ever graced the Premier League and Michael Essien as well. Talk to me about Ghana.
4: Um, so Ghanaians are going to get mad at me, um, but Ghana's kind of fell off a little bit. Um, the talent level kind of gone down. I mean, now you're starting to see a couple more younger players come up. One of my favorite players in the whole entire tournament is Kamuddin, uh, Sumana. I think Dean yeah. is, listen, I saw this kid play and I was like,
1: I was
0: like,
4: he, he's it. So Renz has himself a starting him. I like Kamuddin a lot.
1: The opposite um, of Thomas. Yes, yeah,
4: he's very serious. <laughs> he's very serious. But then like, they still call the Ayew brothers, um, obviously, um, Thomas Partey is there, but I just don't think Ghana can make it that far. But then again, this is AFCON. Ghana could just go on a mad run and just end up winning it. Can so- they
1: get out of the group, though? That's the pretty much oh, step one. Yeah, right?
4: yeah. yeah, Ghana will get out of the group. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ghana will be fine. They'll get out of the group. Um, but it's just like, you know, Mohamed Kudus, uh, he's not going to the tournament, which is a yeah. major loss for them. Um, yeah. uh, super talented player from Ajax, so... No, know, it sucks for them, um, but we'll see. We'll see what Ghana will do. But I, I really, like I said, Camudin is the one for me. Every time I look at their squad, I'm just like, he's the one. Like, I, yeah. I like that kid a lot.
1: Well, I like it. And this is another group as well that has more storylines because um, uh, Michael Gabon is here. And obviously, the squad aside, their objectives aside, this, I imagine, uh, Michael, is a massive opportunity for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to kind of retell his story in 2022 because it's not really been going his way.
2: They'll be led by the former Arsenal captain and soon-to-be former <laughs> Arsenal player if he keeps doing what he's doing right. to the Emirates. But as he goes, this team goes. And in previous AFCON tournaments, that doesn't bode well. <laughs> they don't tend to, to play well in this tournament. I think it, it it's probably because of the weight of his Premier League responsibilities, that then he's expected to go and be the savior of Gabon. In the AFCON tournament, one player does not win you the trophy. It's the best teams. And so he needs the supporting cast to step up. But he'll be highly motivated, as you said, because this is his dress rehearsal, not just for Gabon, but for a new contract.
1: Yeah, it's an audition. It's an audition, 100%.
2: This is, yeah. redemption, this is a redemption song for him. So he'll be, he'll be highly motivated, but he'll need to be a team player, not just a superstar for yeah. Cabone to, to have even a chance of getting a win in this tough group.
1: Yeah, it is a tough group, but I, I can't go without mentioning Kumars. by the way, their debut in the tournament, the Volcanic uh, Country. By the way, the population of, I think, the financial district in New York City, they are tiny and they are in this tournament. So should be fun to watch them. Are, do you have anything, any fun facts about Kumars? by the way? It's going to be, yeah. I, I like it when it's debut uh, teams, uh, especially I bet you that some have never even heard of uh, coming into the tournament.
3: Okay, here's 10 bucks to anybody can tell me. Not you, Tosin, I don't trust you. What, what is a coelocanth? That's their mascot name. That's their name. What is a coelocanth?
1: I have no idea. Yeah, tell a prehistoric
3: fish found off of the coats of the Kamala Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now that you've told me that, yeah, I want them to absolutely. win the whole thing. That is an amazing mascot, and they better at least get out of the group. That's incredible.
3: Yeah. And the cool thing about Comoros is that they have a huge diaspora in southern France, especially in Marseille. They have 100,000 Comorians there. And if you look at their side, just go on Wikipedia and sort of click on their players and look at where they're born. You're going to see Marseille, Marseille, Marseille. At least half the side is born there. And so they've come up with like sound footballing education, you know, like they play in the lower leagues in France, but they're tactically they're going to be good. And they pushed a lot of sides very, very closely recently in in the last over the last few years in World Cup qualifying. They pushed Morocco. They pushed Cameroon uh, to draws. And and close losses. So I expect them to, to put up a good fight, but I don't expect them to get out of the group.
1: Oh, man. But that prehistoric fish, I want to share it with that on there. I, it's amazing. All right. Let's let's uh, let's talk about Group D. Before we go to Egypt, because obviously Mohamed Salah, uh, Trezegay, for my perspective, I want to talk about the Super Eagles. Because oh, Nigeria is basically Tozan. Uh, the Brazilian telenovela that everybody expects them to be. It's just so many storylines from left, right, and center. Injuries aside, um, you know, uh, health issues due to the pandemic aside, there are so many things that are going on. What, where do we begin with Nigeria, Tosin McKinley? We
4: don't. <laughs> I mean, literally, as we're recording right now, like, we just had to play basically, like, according to the media back home, Agalo can't go to the World Cup. As, I mean is the Afcon, as we're recording this live, so like this is happening as we're speaking. He posts this Instagram, like basically like God has his battles and this and that, like just cryptic messages. He Never come come on. Me. <laughs> yeah, so we've literally before the tournament, we not only were like the last team to put out our, our entire team, we've also made five changes to our team since then. So
1: So the key, the key changes, by the way, just so we, we, we had a little bit more context here. The manager Roar sacked, uh, Joseph Poseidon appointed, but interim manager, uh, Agustin Aguavoin is at the helm for this tournament. We talked about Dennis Emmanuel, of course, Victor Osman. That's a big storyline there, Tozen. What's going on with him? Because presumably he was going to recuperate for the tournament, but what's going on?
4: Basically, he broke his face. Um, I had to watch that game. Literally, Um, yeah. Yeah, literally broke his face. I was watching that game live, and I I was like, yeah, no, he's done. Um, Caught COVID, so that's a double whammy. Um, He's out. Aaron Udenis is out. Shehu is out, who's like our utility man. Um, Leon Balogun is out, and... Yeah. So. Yeah. So but
1: Osman's uh, decision, though, was uh, because he, like technically he would have been fit, but he kind of said, look, uh, I'd rather focus on the World Cup qualifiers than the yeah. tournament. As a Nigerian, do you do you like that or do you do you do you wish that it was one or the other?
4: It is what it is. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Nigeria and this is not even to like because I'm Nigerian. I think Nigeria talent wise, we have probably the best attacking players in the world. Um, it's not even remotely close the amount of talent that we have up front. Yeah. It's just, do we put those pieces together in the right place? Like, I'm a big fan of Tawa Awani. I remember yeah. watching him in the Youth World Cup. Um, he was on the same team as Kelly and Nacho, by the way, and Uzo, who's our goalkeeper. So we're finally starting to get the younger players who played in the uh, youth tournaments together. So I think Nigeria has enough talent to, like, bypass the miss of Usaman and Dennis. It's just, are we going to put the pieces together? Are we going to actually get get it right? So that's yeah. not be. only
1: do they have to get it right, Meyer, but they have to get it right uh, in a group where they include uh, Sudan, Guinea, Bissau, uh, but also Egypt, uh, yeah. Mohamed Salah's Egypt. Talk to me about Egypt.
3: Yeah, just a quick word on, on the other teams first, uh, with all yeah. due respect to the people of Sudan. Might be the worst team in, in the tournament in my it's team. Over. They had a horrible it's over. Just era killing the game. numbers. Yeah. Guinea-Bissau actually might be a team to look out for. They have some experience now at this tournament. They were debutants in 2017, but players like Alpha Semedo, Frederick Mendy uh, could, could be uh, useful additions. They could put up a, a small fight like Comoros, but I don't expect them to make it through. Um, Egypt. Okay. Interesting. They have Carlos Keros. Carlos Keros, born in Africa, born in Mozambique. Um, Knows Africa well. He's coached South Africa. He's, you know, coach. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> United? What is it? Yeah, United, <laughs> United yeah, 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 yeah. Former, <laughs> former Alex Ferguson. Is Alex Ferguson assistant? His former yeah. assistant, yeah. correct. There and there also go. just
1: came from managing Colombia, which is not easy feat as well.
3: Yeah. Algeria beat him when he was managing Colombia. That's I mean, right. He's, he's, he knows <laughs> the continent very well. He does his homework. They're super prepped. Um, and he's doing a great job with Egypt so far. Uh, Egypt, though, it's weird because they've got a lot of new players. So they'll be obviously relying on Mohamed Salah. He's probably the best player in the tournament, probably the best player in the world at the moment. Uh, But they also have a striker at Galatasaray, Mustafa Mohamed, who's really, really good. And they also have on the left wing uh, this live wire, this kid that popped out of nowhere. His name is Omar Marmou. He's playing at Stuttgart in, in the Bundesliga. Got voted Rookie of the Month, I think, back in September in the Bundesliga. Very, very crucial goals in FIFA World Cup qualifying against the likes of Libya and the North African derby. So I, I really like their front line. I worry a little bit about their defensive midfield. Uh, they left Tarek Hamid at home. He's a little bit of an emotional leader. And uh, and Amar Suley and these players are kind of getting kind of old. So I worry a little bit about their defensive midfield and their back line. I'm afraid they could concede a few goals. So Egypt will be strong, but I don't consider them favorites.
4: Yeah. Egypt-Nigeria first game is like literally yeah, the most massive. perfect way to start off. Um, before we move on um, I just want to say Nigeria's midfield is lacking a lot um, and that's the one thing that bothers me a lot but I mean I really trust Ndidi and Oyenka together I think those two are just that I mean we've seen what they do in the Premier League Oyenka's come and taken to you know Brentford like like you know fish to water so he's he's done really well um, so I'm just glad that it got probably not coming I know I shouldn't like be biased like that but I'm just super happy he's not coming so that's all I want to say
2: <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know what what put you put in your coffee this morning and I, I, this is typical nigeria fandom you guys are the super eagles look at your group <laughs> i'm picking you guys to go first in this group
1: are You kidding me? it's a combination I, I, of tozen being nigerian and tozen yeah. being tozen. he what he, he's
2: <laughs> no this is all my nigerian friends i sometimes i want to grab you and say don't t- don't just don't take the fact that you're in nigeria and you qualify for most cup of nations for granted <laughs> look at the fact that you're in a group where you can build in this tournament, the teams that are the favorites, they, they usually do not win. Look at the team that we're talking about at, at the start of this Egypt, Egypt won. They, they've won the most seven cup of nations in history, and they did not have the most star-studded teams, but they had teams that built and grew in confidence.
1: Yeah. To be it's a, a marathon, team, not a sprint. Yeah, that's right. To
2: be, to be a team that wins this tournament you have to find yourself and in an international tournament, you have yeah. to find yourself along the way. So Nigeria, this is a perfect group yeah. to build confidence, to to squash some of the drama. There's always drama for teams like Nigeria and some of the favorites coming yeah. into a tournament like this. So I like their chances to grow yeah. and their attacking players have to, to figure out the chemistry early on and, and put some of the drama behind them. And it's this always is the team that's
1: there. It's always a two story situation in any tournament. Copa America, the World Cup, it's get out of the group and then sort of revitalize yourself for the knockout stages. I wonder how much tougher that is in the African Cup of Nations, because that obviously adds so much drama regarding to not just your, you know, uh, flow within the group stages, but also what you do. Coming up, all right. Let's do predictions then, because we've talked a lot about this. Stuff. So let's do the fun part now. We're going to do a few predictions, everybody, uh, about a, a few certain subjects. So I'm going to go around the circle. Listen, I, when I do these predictions, okay, I want you to tell me, but you don't need to give me an essay. I just want you to feel strong. Mm-hmm. Imagine Absolutely. you're giving me you're giving me an elevator pitch if you're selling me a movie. Okay, so I'm going to ask you. I'm going to do a prediction. You tell me, you give me a quick sentence why, and then we move on. All right. Don't try and over justify your prediction. That's the fun thing of everything. So let's begin. Let's go with the obvious one. Who is winning the African Cup of Nations? Michael, let's go with you.
2: Oh, uh, you, you are going to love me for this or hate me. It's not going to be the foxes <laughs> in the boxes this year. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be Algeria. I, I think this, this really could be Senegal's year. They have so many players peaking at the right times in their in their career. Sadio Mane, he just came off scoring against Chelsea. He is number two for Liverpool alongside Mohamed Salah, but he's a player that could single-handedly change a game. If he doesn't score a goal and saves up his one goal for the tournament in the final, then Senegal will win. So Senegal is my
3: pick.
1: I love it. Maher, talk to me.
3: Uh, I'm going to take Cameroon. I think uh, Algeria not as hungry as they were in 2019. I think Cameroon at home I think they're going to be highly motivated. Samuel Eto'o is the new federation president. He puts a lot of positive momentum into the whole entire football pyramid from top to bottom. Uh, and, and honestly, I like I like Engisa. Like uh, like Tosin was talking about. I like Vincent Abubakar. He's the captain with a lot of experience. He scored in the Afcon final before. So I think Cameroon have enough quality to take it home.
4: I'm never going to bet against Nigeria. So <clears throat> we're winning it. <laughs>
1: Yes, Never <laughs> Tosen. Are you serious?
4: Never, ever. I,
1: I love it. I love it. That's how I like it. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, obviously we've talked a little about the offensive uh firepower throughout the tournament. Who, in your opinion, is your top goal scorer? Tosen, right back to you.
4: Sebastian Heller, straight up mm-hmm. off the bat. Uh TS 10 Champions League goals. That's really all I
3: gotta say. Yeah. TS
4: 10 Champions League goals
3: yeah he, ju- he just took mine so uh, I'll, I'll take i'll take another one i'll I'll go with um i'll go here's here's one that's a little bit off the cuff european f- football fans might not know baghdad Bounejah, uh algeria's number nine uh playing his football in qatar he has an obscene number amount of goals in Qatari league he's way better than the Qatari league and he has really good uh chemistry with algeria's front line so i think he could bang in I, four or five goals i love it I was going to say none
2: of those names <laughs> because looking at the groups, there's always the whipping boy and we, a, a team and no disrespect to them, but the, Sudan, they're, they're not the most potent team. And so oftentimes you've seen in previous tournaments, Cristiano Ronaldo is the king of patting his stats. I think Mohamed Salah, he will take the wrath of goal scoring for him to sudan and i think that's going to pad his stats and help him win the golden boot
1: so. sometimes the answer is the simplest one right yeah we'll see top goals all right well let's go about uh because obviously not just goals this is about as we mentioned um really undiscovered gems just t- players that really are going to light it up and players that maybe you don't know about so mar let's begin with you who's your breakout star of the tournament
3: Ghana have a bunch here. I, I like Kamal Dinh who Tosin talked about. Kudus, unfortunately, is not here. He could have been one of those as well. So how about this? Idris Obaba, a defensive midfielder from Ghana. He's playing his football in Spain at the moment. An obscene number of tackles and interceptions. I think maybe one of the most, uh, one of the, the players that can really break out in defensive midfield, the only player that I think uh, might be shine more than him, if he gets playing time, is Ibrahim Sangari.
1: Love it. Love it. Michael, who do you think?
2: I'm gonna go off the beaten path. It's a player from Bertrand Treori's own. I'm
1: <laughs> but you can't say no. He's going to no, I,
2: I, I can. I can. I've, I've been dogging know, on know, that I know. Also, I, I, I can. I know, I know. But it's a defender, and I, I think he's, he's a guy that, that so many people throughout Europe are talking about. He plays for Bayern Leverkusen, and it's Tepsova. He is a smooth operator out of the back. And Burkina Faso is a team that I think is going to make some noise. I I pick them to get out of the group and to qualify for the next round. Wow! Um, he can hit the diagonal. He can. It's almost like having a defensive midfielder in your ranks. And he he is
4: a star in the making. I love it. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of teams that have great midfielders. I mean, I love Sangari from Ivory Coast. Mali, probably to me, has the best midfield. Um, Gambia has a really good midfielder that I really like as well. Tunisia um, has Hannibal Mejri, but. I'm going to go, again, a homer pick. I'm going to go with Ejuke. Um, I think Equavon plays and wants to play in Nigeria, like the old 90s Nigeria, the 80s Nigeria. And Ejuke literally is like one of those players who, when you watch him dribble, um, the ball doesn't – you can't get the ball off his feet. And what he wants him to do is he kind of wants to play on the left wing as a 10. So coach believes in him. He's name-dropped him a million times. I feel like Ejuke has the confidence from the coach, and you're going to finally see, like, a Nigerian player can actually dribble um, – and I'm a Musa won't play, so I'm happy about that. So
1: I love it. A Nigerian who can finally dribble. I'm thinking about somebody with two names who is basically <laughs> one of my heroes growing up. Uh, yeah, that's right. Me and Jonathan Johnson always talk about him. All right, let's talk about the biggest upset. Obviously, there's going to be teams, as uh, we mentioned already. Michael mentioned Burkina Faso that maybe, uh, you know, they will get out of the group. Maybe not so much of an upset as other storylines that could per- perhaps come into play. Toza, let's go with you first. Who is. The biggest upset here, uh, in your opinion, from the tournament?
4: I think. I mean, it's not really upset. I mean, I already said Ghana's not going to do too well. Mm. I think Senegal is going to disappoint again. I generally feel like I just feel that Senegal has these ghosts in them, and like I just don't feel like I feel like eventually Senegal is going to get to the knockout stages and go like, "What happened, to Senegal?" So. I don't want it to happen, but I feel like that would probably be the biggest shock to be sending them, so.
1: Because a disappointment for Senegal is at the very least get to the semifinals, correct? So if they don't get there, it's already a disappointment. It's an upset. Yeah. Okay. So Mar, who do you think? What's your biggest upset?
3: I agree with Tosin and Senegal are gonna are gonna do poorly. But how about this? Gabon are gonna lose all three matches, including <laughs> they're gonna lose to the Comoros Islands. Obama Yang is going to leave (laughs) halftime. I don't care, Obama Yang. He's one of those, you know. Like sometimes you have these superstar (laughs) players in smaller nations, like Adebayor uh, at Togo. You have Obama Yang, you know, in Gabon, and they're so big that they can actually literally call the president and tell him what to do. And and that's happened before with Obama Yang. Uh, I don't think they're going to they have what it takes. They they have the same. If you look at their squad, they practically have the same squad from the 2012, 2015 African Cup of Nations sides. And you know what's the definition of insanity again? Doing the same thing with the same, you know, same same people. It's not gonna work out. They're gonna lose all three matches and, and go home.
1: Oh wow, great call, Michael.
3: I've been waiting for this question. I am donning the kit
2: of Uh-oh. the biggest <laughs> upset. You heard it here first, and I'm gonna tell you why. Land yes, that we okay. love our yeah, land that we love, our Sierra Leone, baby. Kiss the badge.
1: Oh, I love I'm it.
2: Calling a big upset, Sierra Leone
1: against. Côte d'Ivoire. Whoa! We're going to put – I'm pinning this one. Pin it on Pinterest, if you will. (laughs) The
2: Lyon stars, one team that they play well over time, and the results have shown, is Côte d'Ivoire. They've faced them I don't know how many times in the last five years or so, and they've gotten results against them. Going to Abidjan, getting results. And now they're going to turn the tide because of the additions of the likes of a Stephen Coker to, to, to put it be a stopgap in that back line. That's a big addition. I wish we could bring all of the Sierra Leone English born connections. The Chaloba brothers. Hey, there's still time. You know, we can talk to FIFA calf, We'll make an amendment. But Lyon stars. They're going to get a, get a result against
4: Cote d'Ivoire. That is my upset.
1: I love
4: also, it. We, my it- uh is Suley Kai Kai. Uh, I have that's one of my brother's actual friends. So, yeah, shout out to Soleil Kai Kai.
1: All right, you have personal interest. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And we have wrapped it all up the African Cup of Nations preview. So much fun. Before we say goodbye, I want some final thoughts from uh, the three of you on anything regarding the tournament. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Mayer, Masai, Tozan, McKinney, and Michael Ahu, thank you so much. Mayer. talk to me. What's your final thoughts before we say goodbye?
3: Yeah, I just hope we have a good tournament. Uh, everybody should tune in because you're going to find some fantastic players with some really good potential. You're always going to see great goals, and uh, it's you're going to learn a lot about geography as well. So <laughs> I, I think you should definitely tune in. And, and the matches are going to be televised all across Sky Sports, 52 matches, 10 matches for the BBC. So it's going to be accessible more than previous editions. Tune in and join the fun.
4: Yeah, um, like, you know, just exactly what you said, like, it's going to be a fun tournament. Um, it's going to be in sports if you are in America. Um, but again, like this is a tournament where we watch it every two years. We know what it's about. But for people who aren't watching it, you're literally going to have so much fun because you don't know what you're going to expect. You don't know what haircut you're going to see. You don't see what goalkeepers is going to do. You have, play, you have, you know, Country scared of your know, black magic. You already have Egypt yes. saying that Nigeria is going to use juju on them. So <laughs> you don't know what you can expect. And this is literally starts on Sunday and it's gonna be just hectic. So I'm, I'm very excited.
2: One of the things I I'm so proud of of soccer in this country, especially in the States, is it is the growing nature of the game. And if you're if you're new to the game, this is a great tournament to get educated on the world's game because this tournament is for the people of the world and especially if it's a spotlight Africa, when you turn on the TV in the mornings and you see Watford on and you don't know who half the players are, cause they're not Cristiano Ronaldo. This is a great chance to get educated on the rest of international football. Cause a lot of these players, they're going to be stars in the making. They're going to be on your favorite teams, uh, whether you're an Aston Villa fan, United fan, um, whatever your team is so great. Chance to get educated and and to really grow your passion for the beautiful game. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, this has been decades in the making to see my home country Sierra Leone. So there's a lot of pride, and I know my family and I couldn't be happier just to be putting on the kit to support the Leone Stars.
1: I love it. I love it so much. And this has been a fantastic uh preview. Tosin McKinley, Meyer masahi yeah, who and who, Michael Luch- who do goes? I think is going to win? Yeah, I, I I'm going with your Algeria. I just think sometimes <laughs> the, I, th- I think the pudding is too sweet. Sometimes I think they're just too damn when you don't have to rely just on Riyadh Maris, you know, there's a problem. So I'm I going with go Algeria down. for sure. Absolutely. But Hey, I'm just, but by the way, my second team, Kumar's on their prehistoric fish. Right, I love it. That's <laughs> what I'm going for. But love I want to thank all three. For this amazing, amazing preview, African Cup of Nations, Michael LaHood, Tosin McKinney, Meyer Merzahi, You guys have been amazing. Have a fantastic, fantastic tournament. Thank you for watching, Lasso and listening. Lasso pod on YouTube, on Twitter, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. Enjoy the tournament. And just like Michael said, celebrate African football. We'll see you next time.